I was contemplating today because uh, uh, those of you that don't know, may not know, uh, over the last four weeks, there have been four memorial services, four Saturdays in a row, two of those folks out of our body and two of those folks from other places that we were connected to. And, uh, and so we have served some families and, and, and loved on some people that we know and some people that we don't know. And, uh, I, and I want to tell you what I received from the Lord uh, regarding today as I begin to just contemplate uh, what I would say to you and what, we would, what would happen today. The Lord reminded me, of the, we're not turning to Revelation, I'm just going to tell you, just, just allude to the book of Revelation. Jesus comes and he stands among the churches and he begins to admonish the churches. But in admonishing the churches, we, we often, uh, when we teach those passages of scripture, we pay attention to what he said that, that uh, they needed to change or they, where they needed to repent and all of that. But we fail to focus on the fact that when he stood among the churches, he affirmed them. And the Lord spoke to my heart that today would be a day that, that, that Jesus would stand among us and he would say to you, I want to affirm you. I could not be as a pastor more proud and more pleased of what I have found in Church of Living Water over the last four weeks of difficulty that we have walked through, that, that I have watched, uh, particularly the men of this house, put their shoulders shoulder to shoulder and carry a load that has been really more than anybody should put up with. I was in Santiago, uh, and I knew that while I was there, uh, they were holding memorial for Elizabeth Watson, one of the charter members of our church from uh, many years ago. And her family was here, and our, and our church was loving on her family and giving them an opportunity to know that they were loved, even though they're not presently a part of us, that we still love them and appreciate the foundation on which we stand that came out of this wonderful woman's life. And so I was praying and I was saying, Lord, okay, this is the third Saturday in a row that our, our men have served in the kitchen and set up the fellowship hall and made sure that, that what is needed was needed and that families were ministered to and that people were loved. And, you know, give us a break. <laughs> that's what I said to the Lord. Give us, give us a break here, all right? Three weeks, that's, that's quite enough. And then I came home and and, and found out that the guy had passed and, and uh, that they wanted another sa- Saturday, the next Saturday. And, and I'm like, Lord, give us a break. But, but here we are. Well, I want, you to, I want you to know what I have seen. The scripture says, we've read this very often, it's very familiar to us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. But in that passage about spiritual gifts, it says, if, if, I, if I can prophesy, if I can speak with the tongue of men and angels, if I have all wisdom, if, I, if I'm the smartest guy there with, and I got everything going for me, if I don't have love, I have nothing. We as a Pentecostal church focus often on desiring spiritual gifts, but I want you to know that I have found that you are following the way of love. You as a body of people have begun to learn at a whole new level to love one another and to strengthen one another and, and particularly to love sacrificially. 
to invest yourself sometimes in the lives of people that you don't know, that you may not have the hope of knowing, but yet, uh, that yet you follow the way of love. Uh, John 13, 34, Jesus said to them, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. But he didn't stop there. He said, as I have loved you. So I'm giving you this new instruction, Jesus says. This is something perhaps that you've never heard before. But now that I've exampled loving you sacrificially to the point I'm giving my life for you, to the point that I, I, I left my father and I came to dwell among you so that I could understand who you were and how you, how you lived and what, what causes brokenness in you and what's hard for you and, and what life is like. And now I have a direct connection to who you are. Love one another as I have loved you. Clearly, he could have just as equally said, love one another sacrificially because I have loved you sacrificially. I've seen that blossoming in this house and I'm so proud of what I see and humbled that God has called us to serve and to work together and, and to walk together and to live kingdom life, to do life together, to live kingdom together and to give expression to who God is and how much he loves the people around us. Amen. So he said, love one another as I have loved you. Uh, that you also would love one another. And by this, this is a profound statement. This is absolutely a profound statement. By this, they will know that you are my disciples. I want to help you with something. They'll never know that you're his disciple because you prophesied to him. They won't even know that you're his disciple because you laid hands on them and they received their healing. All of those things are important and valuable. They won't know that you are his disciple because of, of something that you said. They will know that you are his disciple because of how you loved. This is, this is a delightful conversation to have. Because I've begun to watch you love one another at a whole new level of kingdom experience. And we've watched you love people that we don't even know. I was very, it's very interesting uh, dealing with uh, Mr. Langley's family because uh, his, his wife is, has an injury. She, she physically is in pain herself. And uh, she has not been a churchgoer and, uh, for many years. And, and uh, he has sons that we prayed for that don't know Jesus. And, and there's some unusual, without getting into the particulars of their life, there's some unusual conflict and, and various things there. And, and so whenever they called me and said that guy had passed, I was a little bit concerned about what I might find when I arrived at their home. All week long, that family has said, thank you for loving us. Thank your church for how, they sh how they've loved us and how they've received us. How, the how they served us with nothing to receive in return. They loved us. The Lord affirms you today. 
It is as though Jesus were standing in the middle of this house and saying, I just want you to know that I see your ability to love without any expectation of return or reciprocation. Just love. Isn't that delightful? Isn't that delightful? John 15, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. You know what that says to me? Hang out in my love. Live in my love. When he says remain, he, there, there, is, there is an instruction to us that is, that is uh, kind of to me, it has overtones of being intentional. Remain in my love. So if you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love. You love me, you do the things that I say. I tell my kids that all the time. Because he said, as, as an example to you, I've kept my father's commandments and I've remained in his love. But listen to these words. I have told you this so my joy may be in you. There is something that you receive from being a people who love unconditionally, being a people who love regardless of circumstances, being a people who always are restorative in in your approach to people that are broken and people that are bruised and people that are uh, far off from God and, and people that have pasts that you know nothing about, that, 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 that you uh, love that way. The, the thing that comes back over your life is the joy of the Lord. Amen. He said, I'm telling you this so that my joy will be in you and so that your joy will be complete. You know what complete joy is for me? Joy that bubbles up inside of my life even when circumstances are not joyful. See, the wonderful thing about the joy of the Lord is that His joy uh, is there. Uh, The Bible says joy inexpressible or unspeakable and full of His glory, that the joy arises in our life whenever our circumstances are anything but joyful. Yet there's this joyful confidence in the God that we serve that keeps us in the middle of the greatest trials of life and the greatest difficulties. We don't become those people when hard times arise and go, Oh God, what are you doing? That there is a strength in you that comes from the ever-present joy of the Lord. I believe, as I stand here today, and I share with you what I believe the Lord is sharing with me about you, that there is going to come into your life a new level of joy. As you guys love one another and connect to one another and and build one another up and encourage one another and and all of that, that that, that joy would become your portion. The Lord says, I told you this so that my joy would be in you. So that you wouldn't have joy like the world has joy. They're happy when things are happy and they're sad when things are sad. But the Lord says over you that my joy will be in you. Yeah. Amen. And I'm anticipating new seasons of of joyful celebration in your life because of who God is in you and because of the expression of the kingdom that you are giving in the earth of him. Jesus said in verse 16 there of John chapter 15, you did not choose me. Yes. I chose you. 
I love that because I wouldn't have chosen me. I've told you that before. I can't figure out how God thinks because I sure wouldn't have chosen me. In fact, I pleaded with him not to choose me a couple of times. He says, oh, that's already done. You see, when he chooses us, the Bible says he doesn't change his mind about that. He chose you when you were a scoundrel. Anthony, he chose you when you were messed up. He chose you when you were a mess. Yeah, what do you mean when? He chose me when I was a mess and chose me anyway. So Jesus reminded them, you didn't choose me. I chose you. But he didn't stop there. He said, and I appointed you so that you would be fruitful. I want to tell you something about the fruit out of your life. The fruit of your life is not for you. If you're a tree and you're bearing fruit, a tree doesn't eat of its own fruit. The fruit just hangs there and it dangles there and it's so pretty. Do you know how many times I drive down the road and I see those big old orange trees or lemon trees and I'm like, my mouth just starts watering. And if you have a lemon tree, don't look twice. I'll be in your backyard. The fruit on your life is for others to consume, to be nourished out of the good things that your life produces. And then you're nourished out of the good things that others' lives produces. This is why God calls us to be together. This is why the, the Lord does not, does not bless uh, uh, that, that uh, Christianity where you're just with your Bible on your recliner and you're never in a relationship with other believers. God can't bless that. He doesn't want you to be isolated. Y'all know that he says we're sheep and then the, the weakest of the sheep get isolated out of the herd and then the enemy comes in and consumes them. The fruit that your life is to produce is there to encourage and strengthen others, to nourish the life of others in their walk with God. And Jesus said, I appointed you so that you would be fruitful. But not only that you would be fruitful, but that your fruit would remain. What does that mean? Is that you would produce fruit season after season after season, that you would always be fruitful. Boy, that preacher's loud sometimes. But when you are always fruitful, the Bible says, here's two things that happen in those that are always fruitful, particularly in a body of believers like this. The Bible says that that, that there is a time in the kingdom when the sowers and the reapers run together. Folks are out there planting seed and folks are out there receiving harvest. That's not normal to our way of thinking because we, we plant seed and we wait for harvest. But when God blesses so abundantly that, that it's harvest all the time. I was sharing this principle with Marty the other day. Marty and Gloria are on vacation. Praise God. Marty and Gloria are in Hawaii and they were, they were taken... They were taken to Hawaii by a family member. Uh, and, and the wonderful thing is, you all know all the things they've been going through and how difficult life has been for them in this past season. And a year ago, their, their family member said, let me, let me, let's schedule this trip for Hawaii. And I told them God knew a year ago they were going to go through a hard place and they're just going to need a vacation. 
But here's what I said to him. There are times to serve and times to be served. And you have served this body so faithfully through the years and served in our kitchen and cooked for us and served uh, uh, our newcomers and meals and all kinds of things that Marty loves the kitchen. He's just prolific in the kitchen, right? And so he blesses us abundantly. And I said, now is a season to, to be served. Would you just receive? Just let us love on you. Go to Hawaii. Don't look back. When you get back, let us hug you and love you and appreciate you and strengthen you and pray for you and, and just, just receive. Because there's always fruitful ones. When your season is between seasons of fruitfulness, when there's fruitfulness and then there's rest and then there's fruitfulness and there's rest, as a body, there's always someone with fruit hanging on the tree. To nourish, to nourish one another. We're to be connected in that way so that we are nourishers of one another. And the Lord affirms you today that you are learning to be nourishers of one another. I challenge you, listen, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to wear this out. Pastor Chris said it when he was greeting our visitors. If you're not in a connect group by now, shame on you in the most loving way possible. (laughs) There are some folks who are not in a connect group because they're supposed to be leading a connect group and they haven't gone to Pastor Chris and say, what do I need to do to lead a connect? How do I get trained and how do I get prepared to provide a place for others to come and be discipled and strengthened and, and to have conversation with other believers and prayer with other believers? How do I get set up for that? Oh, it never occurred to you, did it? No. I'm, no. Well, it has now. <laughs> Matthew 22, there was a conversation with Jesus about this and Verse 36, and they said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your might, all your strength. And he said, Then there's another one that's like this one. Love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments, all of them hang. Now, if you want to get into the theology of that, the first few commandments and the Ten Commandments, <clears throat> the first law that was given, those Ten Commandments from the Lord that Moses, that Moses brought to the children of Israel, the first uh, few of those ha- deal with loving God with all your heart, deal with having a relationship, the relationship that mankind is to have with God. Then the remaining, I believe, six commandments uh, d- deal with entirely man's relationship with man. So Jesus says you can take those and everything that that those legal thinkers got together after that. And boy, they just wrote all kinds of laws, didn't they? All born out of those Ten Commandments. So here's Jesus says, let me sum it up for you. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love God with all of your heart, all your soul, <clears throat> all your mind, all your strength, that's nasty. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You're amused. 
If you love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, if you love God with everything that is in you, and then you let that love flow through you, and you love the world the way He loves the world, and you love the people around you the way He loves the people around you, if you love your neighbor as yourself, in those two things, you will accomplish everything that is there for you to accomplish in the kingdom of God. You don't have to worry about gifts and callings. You don't have to worry about special anointings. You don't have to worry about uh, what God's going to assign you to do. You don't have to worry about if you're called to to pastor or missionary or teach or preach or, 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 or lead a connect group or work with children. You don't have to worry about any of that. If you will love... Love God with everything that is in you. You'll get your ear tuned to Him. You'll be able to hear His voice. And then if you'll love people the way He loves people, you'll respond to His voice and you'll be doing exactly what He designed you to do. Because you know what? Apple trees don't go, Oh, i got to produce apples. i got to produce apples. i got to produce apples. Orange trees don't sit there and go, Oh, I need to make oranges. I need to make oranges. They just they let their root go down. They get nourished and they produce. We're trees of righteousness, the Bible said. We're planting of the Lord. You let your root go down. You let you, you, he said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. You just get connected to that precious root, Christ Jesus, and you have no choice but to produce fruit. And it'll be fruit that remains. And the Lord stands among you today and he says to you, I love that you're willing to produce fruit that remains. I love that you've made yourself available to me so that you would be a fruit-producing vine in the earth. Do you hear the word of the Lord? He says, I love that you're willing to be fruit producing in the earth. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Oh, pastor, you know, many people come to me, oh, pastor, I just want to know what the will of the Lord is. And yes, that's an important question. and You should know what the will of the Lord is. But if you really want to know what the will of the Lord is, then love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength, with everything that is in you. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything else in the kingdom will fall right in line behind that. How refreshing, how easy, how easy it is to walk with God. It's not hard. It's those who come to God and they find this precious, peaceful way to walk with Him. And then they transgress against that and fight against that and pull against that. The Word says the way of the transgressor is hard. Those who are submitted to the Lord, their way is not hard. That's not that, that that's listen that's not that hard things don't arise this week was not an easy week This month has not been an easy month But his grace is sufficient and he has overshadowed us with his love and he's allowed us to find out <clears throat> really who we are in the kingdom When you go through hard places you find out what you're made of You're made of kingdom stuff The blood of Jesus is flowing in your veins. You are producing the fruit of the kingdom, the fruit of righteousness. It is fruit that remains. It is fruit that nourishes the broken and the hungry. It is fruit that brings healing to the sick. You are producing the fruit of the kingdom. I just affirm you today in that. Romans 12 and 4 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members. 
And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though we are many, are from one body. And each member, listen to these words. Listen, those of you that need to be in a connect group. (laughs) Each member belongs to all the others. I don't know if we've arrived there yet. I belong to you. You belong to me. I need to receive nourishment out of your life. You need to receive nourishment out of my life. We are connected. We are nourishing one another. We are strengthening one another. I felt this this week, I, I, I told my wife and I told the men on Tuesday night when we were together, uh, we, we were smiling and laughing about some memories of that guy and, and we, were, we were sharing that moment of grief. That when I got the news, I felt like somebody put a needle in a balloon. I just felt myself deflate inside. I shared that with the men. All week long, I felt their prayers. As I was preparing to share yesterday and knowing that there would be people in the room who didn't know Jesus and knowing that Guy had told me, if I ever go before you, you better preach the gospel at my memorial. I knew that the gospel better be shared or he's going to have a bone to pick with me, right? <laughs> Not knowing how many would be here or what, what the day would look like, I began to prepare. And I, began, and I, and I said, Lord, I'm, you know, this is difficult season. I felt the prayers of the saints of God. I got little messages of people praying for me and all those kinds of things. I felt the prayers of the saints. My family felt your prayers. We understood that people were praying in this season of difficulty. We need one another. Romans 12, 9 says, Love must be sincere without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. I believe the Lord is saying that he's been able to find that our love is sincere. Our love for him and our love for one another is sincere. Honor one another above yourselves. Never lack zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. He's telling us now how to love one another. Practical ways to love one another. Bless those who persecute you. Oh, my Lord. Wait a minute. No. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Saints of God, bless and do not curse. I'm going to challenge you with something. If if someone's coming against you or if you're in a relationship where there is struggle and uh, words uh, desire to come out your mouth that do not uplift and do not bring healing to that circumstance, bite your tongue. Because your words, your believers, your words are creative. And you will create environments of difficulty with your words just as easily as you'll create environments of grace. So I want to challenge you. Create environments of grace. Don't say to your teenager, why do you always? You say, I'm praying for you and I believe better for you than where we are at today. Create environments of grace. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice. Listen to this. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. 
He's telling us, he affirms that we are linked together, that we have joined arm in arm and that we are doing life together, walking in the kingdom of God, rejoicing with those who rejoice, mourning with those who mourn. When somebody's rejoicing because something good happened to them, don't get jealous, get rejoiced. Why does all good always happen to somebody? No, stop that. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Flip that one more. Today I want us to do something as we come to the conclusion of of our time together. I felt like it would be so appropriate if we would just receive communion together as a family. The gentlemen are preparing to bring communion and to serve, to serve you with those little annoying cups that have plastic tops and they sound all annoying. I don't particularly like those things, but it makes life easier. I want to talk to you a little bit about this as we move into this moment. The Apostle Paul was sharing about communion, and I want to tie some things that he said to our conversation today. He said, I received from the Lord that which I pass on to you, Uh, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Uh, Do this in remembrance of me. And then the Bible says in the same way he took the cup and, and he passed the cup among them. And he said, this is my blood, the new covenant that was shed for you. Uh, we, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And really what he was saying was every time you eat and every time you have something to drink, remember And then particularly in the fellowship of saints, when you do this together, you remember, when you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Go ahead and hand those out while I'm talking, gentlemen. So he said, you you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But I want to share with you in verse 27 of... 1 Corinthians chapter 11, some other things that the Lord said. And I just want you to hear my heart. Listen to these words and let me, let me teach you for a minute from this passage. This says, so then whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, when I was growing up, the way we taught that is, boy, your heart better be right with God before you go to drinking this cup and eating this bread. You better make sure your heart's right with God. That's probably true to some degree. But I want to expound on this a little bit. He said, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. Because those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ is drinking judgment upon themselves. Okay. I don't hear a word about salvation in that. What he's talking about is us knowing one another. We are the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And the Bible says that what we are to do when we commune together is that we are to discern one another. 
Bible says in another place, don't know anyone after the flesh. Know them by the Spirit. In other words, I'm not supposed to see you as you are. I'm supposed to see you as God sees you. I'm supposed to see you in all of your potential. As a member of the kingdom of God, I'm supposed to love you the way he loves you. I'm supposed to see what he's doing in you and through you and what he desires to do in and through you. So he says the way that we drink this cup in a worthy manner is in right relationship to the body of Christ, to one another, in right connection to one another. Isn't that profound? It's absolutely profound. That as we receive this communion, and I didn't get one wherever you guys are at, that we would remember together that what Jesus said when he left, he says, I'm going to go away and I'm going to, I'm going to, be, uh, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. I'm going to send you the comforter. And, and greater things than I've done in the earth, you'll do. You are me in the earth. So when I look at you, I got it. When I look at you, I, I don't see you as you are today, I see what God desires to accomplish in you, what He desires to accomplish through you, what He wants to do and dreams to do in your family and in your offspring and in your grandchildren, what he, how He desires to bless you generation to generation. And when I look at you, I see the gift of God and the anointing of the Lord. And when I hear you speak, I hear the words of God spoken back over my life. That's what we're to hear from one another. That's what we're to see. That's what we're to understand. Know by the Spirit. This is the body of Christ. You need that person sitting next to you and down the row from you. And you need to appropriately discern that you need to be connected to them and they need to be connected to you so that the life of God and the virtue of God can flow through us together into this ugly old world we're living in. It's a dark place, but the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Let us not fail to discern the value of having been called to be a joint that supplies in the body of Christ. The Lord affirms today your desire to be uh, loving one another, connected to one another. And today as we receive communion, I would like us to say to the Lord, Lord, if, if, if I can increase that in some way, if I need to be more connected in some way, if I, if I need to understand in greater measure the value of those who are walking with you around me, if I need to be more invested in strengthening others in the body of Christ, if, if I need to be in a in, in more relationship with others. Lord, if I, I need to be a jo- I'll be a joint that supplies. So I receive this covenant with expression of love for the body of Christ. You see the body, he, he said his body was broken for us, but his body not broken anymore. We are made whole. We are complete in Him. So I'm going to just ask you to peel back that top plastic together and get that little wafer out.
I know for some of y'all it'll be a miracle. It is, it is for me sometimes. He was broken so that we could be whole. He was broken so that we could be connected. He was broken so that we could be complete. Father, I bless that little wafer. It's just a symbol. But it is an communion is an outward expression of an inward experience. And we are in communion together today with you, Lord, right in our midst. So we bless that little symbol, nothing more than a symbol. But we bless it and receive it as covenant in the name of Jesus. Would you take that wafer together? Now, Lord, your blood that was shed, that that made it possible for you to say neither uh, life nor death, neither principalities nor powers, nothing present, nothing past, nothing that is to come can separate you from the love of God. We bless this cup. We bless this covenant. We are in covenant with you and we are in covenant with one another. Bless and increase, Lord, our connection as a body of people. Bless and increase that we would be joints that would supply. Bless, Lord, that the, that the virtue of God, the same virtue that flowed out of you into that little woman who pressed through the crowd and grabbed the hem of your garment. Bless that that kind of virtue flows between us, we pray. And if there is anyone sick in this house, as they receive uh, the, the, this communion in this moment, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Your covenant is health. I bless it in the name of the Lord. Let's receive together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, just lift up your hands where you sit. You don't have to stand up. Just just lift up your hands there. And I want you to just begin to praise the Lord. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for this day. Great celebration. We thank you that you've come into the midst of your people and you have affirmed what you are doing in us. You have blessed us today with you through your word, Lord. We are in covenant together. We are strengthened together. We are blessed together. Father, everyone in this, in this body who has served and served and served uh, throughout this month, I pray that they are strengthened right now, that they are refreshed right now. Everyone who has invested time in their prayer closet to pray for others, Lord, that are in, in seasons of struggle, bless and strengthen them right now.